why I love being an artist and actors, I have to think, and I've been, I've been like that since I was a kid, what's it like to live in somebody else's shoes and why and how and how did it happen? And like all these critical thinking questions to better understand because I, that's not my life, but I want to know because that's my fellow human. So there's, there needs to be a lot more discussion with empathy and compassion as well, I believe. Hey guys, welcome back to Normalize the Conversation. Today I have special guest, Ami, with me. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. I appreciate being on. So in 2006, you ran for Miss Sonoma County and you ran for Miss California and your platform was actually verbal abuse and mental health awareness. I yes, love that correct. so much. What inspired you to take that platform? Um, well, one of the things I loved about running for the Miss California, Miss America program was other than scholarship for your education for women was that you get to have a platform and a voice and you have to go to public appearances and you have to talk about these important matters that hopefully are very passionate to you. And mental health awareness as well as verbal abuse was something that was new to me. I was, I was just in college, starting college and learning more about it, but I realized it was, it had happened in my home, in my own life, in my own family's lives. Um, and directly affected people I loved that I didn't understand how to help, but I knew that this could help with more knowledge because knowledge is key. And the first thing you can do with that is talk about it and communicate and have conversations. So with that voice I finally had for a year with that crown, I was able to do that and it was powerful and it was rewarding. And, uh, you know, even if it was just one person I was able to reach, it was worth that. I love that so much. And it's, so important that we start having these conversations because a lot of us experience verbal abuse, mental abuse, and mental health disorders, or even if we don't have a disorder, symptoms from mental mm -hmm. health and mental illnesses. And it's totally normal, but we don't have these conversations. It's not in our education system. It's not something that we're constantly learning about and hearing about. And even in the media, a lot of times they, on shows, they depict it in very stereotypical ways. Mm -hmm. Like a girl can't eat. And she's anorexic. And instead of addressing the problem of living with anorexia and how dangerous it is, it turns into a joke that they sniff their food and throw it out or they can't right. eat the burger. Right. And same thing with anxiety and depression. A lot of times they make fun of it or OCD they make fun of instead of addressing it and talking about it. So without having these conversations and normalizing mm -hmm. it and bringing awareness, no one knows how to deal with it and how to help others or to help themselves. Right. Absolutely right. Um, and you have to be responsible with your creative writing these days, I feel, because this is stuff that the reason I got into the arts and in theater and film is because the greater stories that can be told using that platform as well to help others to understand further things or at least start being curious about it. And again, it comes down to communications. This is another form of how we all can communicate and we do on a social gathering. So why not put education in that, too? That will help everybody. Exactly. It's so, so important. And I love that you're doing that. And you have this new musical that you're in development with. Can you tell yes. that? I'm so I, excited. Yes. So I've been in the development with this new modern musical um, for the past four years. We've been just going back and forth with table reads and adding new things because the subject matter is so important and so relevant. We don't want to mess it up. The, the writer and creator, um, her name is Stephanie E. Brooks, amazing woman, but she's also a mental health 
counselor and therapist. And so she's really taking work to put into the material so that it can be better educated to other people in the audience to understand how normal a lot of these issues are and how to find solutions from that. But without it being too preachy or too show tuney, it's it's kind of a, I would say rent meets next to normal. If you know musicals, you'll know what this means. And um, with a little twist of Dear Evan Hansen and um, the impact, the social impact of Hamilton, I would say. So it's still in the works because we want to get it perfect before we put it up on stage. And then that was supposed to happen this year. I mean, this last year, excuse me. But then COVID, of course, hit. Um, and so we're just really molding it to get it to this perfect way so we can really reach everybody. And I mean, it, it covers mental health awareness, suicide prevention, uh, LGBTQ community, acceptance, inclusion, race, race in America. I mean, everything that matters right now that we can be, that everyone relates to in some way or form, you know, and may think they're alone, but actually the person sitting next to you is going through something, if not the same thing, something similar, right? I love that so much because you, we don't have that. People tend to try to touch on certain topics, but they they dance around it a lot of times in right. the and in art. And to have a musical, to have some form of art and expression that's showing all of these different issues and how they overlap. Right. So incredibly important. If we don't do that, we continue to live in a world with this stigma and this lack of understanding and a right. lot of ignorance it, because people look to the media to learn more. Mm -hmm. Right. It just recycles itself. It. It, and, and we don't have all the answers. We're all learning and we're all growing. But the way to do that is by talking to each other. I've been so grateful this whole last year because I've been in lockdown since day one. Like I had the, the gift of being able to do that with my home, but it's a whole different experience too right now. And so I'm so grateful that we have this technology where we can have a discussion right now, uh, live or Zoom or now Clubhouse, which is a wonderful pot platform now too, that we can really sit down and talk about these to understand each other's perspectives. I think why I love being an artist and actors, I have to think, and I've been, I've been like that since I was a kid, what's it like to live in somebody else's shoes and why and how and how did it happen? And like all these critical thinking questions to better understand because I, that's not my life, but I want to know because that's my fellow human. So there's, there needs to be a lot more discussion with empathy and compassion as well, I believe. Exactly. And that was something we were talking about on Clubhouse. Yes, yes. Yeah. And the importance of listening. If you don't know something, don't just ignore it. Listen, mm -hmm. engage in the conversation, ask questions. Right. You can't learn if you don't try to learn. There's no stupid question. There's just stupid answers to it, like putting people down of asking questions because how else are you supposed to learn about anything, especially if it's different than you or around you and your culture, your environment is you got to ask questions and there's nothing shameful or wrong with that. Exactly. And if you haven't experienced it, it's normal to not know. Mm -hmm. it's not, there's something wrong with you not knowing. There's something wrong with you not trying to know and trying to learn. And I think a lot right. of people forget that. Well, I think a lot of people put shields up of it's, it's new and different and I don't understand it. So it's scary instead of asking, well, why is it different and why is it scary or or how is it that way? I mean, it's not just black and white. There's so many complications into each individual person, each individual life, each individual choice that it can't, it can't just be shielded up. I don't want to learn anything. That's just isolating yourself. And you're missing out on life, really, when you when you put those guards up too much. 
Exactly. And that's something specifically in the mental health community that we see so much. And that's a big reason why so many people don't get help. And so many people don't seek out treatment, don't seek out learning resources, even asking questions because there is the stigma. And when you go to people and you talk to them about it, a lot of times the first thing you hear is something's wrong with you. You're making it up. You're lying. You're dramatic. You're seeking attention. Yes. Instead of it's usually a fear response when you don't know and you're scared. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, specifically parents, when a kid goes to them, they like, you're dramatic. And not because they genuinely think you're dramatic. It's because now they're scared and they don't know how to respond. Right, right. And then a lot of kids grow up afraid to talk about it. Right. They're shut down right away. So what else are you supposed to do? You just internalize it, right? Instead of expressing yeah. it and knowing that your feelings are valid. They may be overwhelming to the person you're that you're putting towards but they're you're feeling them so they're valid and they're real (laughs) they're not being made up and otherwise you are a great actor but no they they really are real and you have to sit with that I remember my mom always saying oh don't cry don't cry because she was trying to help me be stronger as a woman in this society that I had no clue what the heck she was talking about on but I see that now years later and I've having lost her that it's like no, that was tough love in a way that she was trying to communicate to me. But to me, I've always had issues with sensitivity. We're like, no, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry because I can and I should, you know, and I want to. Um, but yeah, it's interesting what our parents do put on to us as well. Um, every aspect of reality. It is. And we see the suicide rate among children growing. Mm-hmm. It's the second leading cause of death for ages 10 through 35. It's crazy. That is beyond surreal to me. I mean, the statistics are out there and they're all real. It's just, it's unbelievable why and you, it happens. And we want, I mean, we don't, we want to find the solutions. And it really, I think, stems to mental health awareness and care. That is healthcare and should be tolerated as such because it's health of your body still and your mind and your organ. And to be able to put that towards educating to help further pe- people not losing them. I mean, it just, there's a disconnect in our society and in our culture. I think that um, we don't really know why exactly other than so much issues that we're not taking care of or not taking accountability for, and we're not shining light on it to better understand it. And I, I'm faith, I have faith and hope that it is from this point, because we're talking where there's people on social media using that platform for the better. Um, but I hope in our lifetime, we see the change, but I don't know if it's ever going to go away because there's always something happening, you know, with issues not take, being taken care of, not addressing it. Exactly. And dancing around the issues. And dancing around it. Thank you. Yeah. It's um, again, just taking accountability for our issues at hand in today's society and trying, trying to take the pride away of it, of, of hiding it and actually find solutions with each other because they're there. You know, the unity, the unity is in that aspect. Exactly. And I love seeing in this new administration, the desire to want to make mental health accessible to all. Agreed. One thing that bothers me with it is they know the current system is broken. The statistic is that people who are hospitalized in psych wards are 100 or 200 times more likely to die upon discharge. Mm calmly due to lack of emotional support as well as financial support to continue treatment afterwards. So people aren't set up for success coming out of the hospital. Right. 
And that's why it's so important to update our current system. There's no more just leaving it how it is. Mm -hmm. Pretending like the problem's not there. And I really hope we do see a change with that in our lifetime. Yes. I, it's unfortunate that it can't happen within a year. I hope it, I mean, I don't quote me on anything. I hope, you know, that things do change for the better in every aspect, but reality, I'm very practical to a person that you, we have to take time to progress um, because of the mass amount of population that we, we have in our society, but it's happening by talking and communicating. And so that gives me hope that it will be here sooner than later but that's still not enough. Like I want it tomorrow, you know? So yeah, you're absolutely right. There's obviously there's, it's work in progress no matter what, and no matter who's in the office really, but we need to keep working harder than just what it is right now. Exactly. And again, having these conversations, like you said, are such a key part because Mm -hmm. if you look back a year ago, we weren't having the conversations as normally as we are now. And no, so much has grown and changed. I started a podcast with my boyfriend uh, once COVID hit because I had to talk about these things and it wasn't happening. I mean, we were like, you know, I was texting or, you know, talking with friends or social media in that way, like we all do. Um, But then I had to, I was actually isolating South Dakota with family and I was in the cabin in the the literal woods and had no Wi-Fi. So I literally was cut off for a while and I had to really self-reflect and say okay I want to document how this is historical and this life experience that we're all having but also the trauma from it that's very real for everybody and to really talk about things that matter in social issues as well as personal and just relate relating to everything and everybody um and so I just started for fun one you know creative project and we know it's out there we have fun with it. it's called the late night lockdown but we talk about things that matter because we need to talk about it is my motto let's talk about it we don't have to agree on everything. It's also good not to agree on everything because we learn from each other that way. But we do have to have the same, like at least standards and morals and ethics for human life um, in general and life in general. And just, you, you need to start somewhere. And so we have, again, we have this technology today, literally in our hands every single moment. We need to do something with that. That's, I feel that we all have a responsibility to in some way or form. Whether it's just resharing things that are facts, cool, or doing your own podcast or doing your conversations live or whatever it is, there's just really no answer anymore not to do something. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. You don't have to start your own podcast. You don't have to start your own nonprofit. You don't have to start your own page. Mm-hmm. Just going out there, following the right pages that are asking questions, that are engaging in these conversations, sharing right. them, listening to them learning from them. There's no excuse not to do it because it's all out there. And doing your own research today in today's world, including with books, not just Google and such, but cross-examining, cross-referencing, citing sources that are legit, incredible sources, even if you're not a journalist, (laughs) like just because we have that power in our hands right now with technology. Um, Again, with anything, technology, social media, platforms, apps, there's a lot of good and connection that can come from those items, but there's also a lot of bad that can come from it, just like anything and balance is key. Right. So it's finding that balance for yourself and the passion with that drive, that fire that you feel. Um, but still, still listening to other points of views too, so that you can always be growing and always be learning. Uh, so that, that will propel the information that you're passionate about that you're sharing or whatnot 
like with mental health to keep adding to it. It's not going to just bring it down. Exactly. And I love what you say about cross-referencing and checking and making sure it's credible sources, because one of the bad things about social media is anybody could put anything out there. So we do have a lot of false information out there. Right. Which is scary because it's really good. There's a lot of good stuff out there that that even the news will put up, right? So it's kind of just always having your own back to double check. And and then I think again, and this is the key word today, conversations, like you bring it back to uh, like-minded art, you know, panels or discussions, whatnot, you can of a source to talk about it. And then you observe people and pull it out and see, okay, well, how does that fit? Is it balanced? Is it not? Is it attracting information? Is it not? I mean, Again, like it's yeah, cross-examining. Exactly. You just, you have to. And people are not doing that so much right now, I feel. Yeah, they're not. And we've seen it on so many different levels in the past year. But specifically with mental health, I didn't realize that until I was talking with a psychologist in India. Yes. And she mentioned that in India, they're not in the same position where they can talk about mental health the same way we can here. Right. Okay. And a lot of their information and sources comes from what we're posting on social media. Mm. So if Mm -hmm. we're choosing to just put out whatever we want, instead of making sure we're doing research and we are educating ourselves and being accountable for what we're putting out there, it can be so devastating and damaging. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I try to be as, as much aware of that as possible when I'm on my social media. I'll be, I'm guilty at times, I'll be honest, on Twitter. I'll be like writing things back last year and being so angry and saying that's my voice. Um, and we all do that to a certain degree. But then realizing that's not great for my mental health or for anybody else really and putting that energy towards things that will actually help further education information instead of the disinformation that really doesn't help anybody. And um, it, it's again, comes down to, we need to take accountability for ourselves because we have these social media pages that are awesome. They're fun, but they have a weight to them that we don't even know. And some people might say, well, I don't ask for that. That's not what I do it for, but you're still part of the global universe of this world. And you are connected whether you like it or not, when you're on a social page. So yeah. it's something to really think about when you are putting stuff out there. And, and if that's what you want to put out there, owning up to that and saying X, Y, and Z, Y. Exactly. Exactly. Being accountable and being responsible. Mm -hmm. If you want to put something out there, make sure you're willing to back it up and you're willing to defend it. And you're not going to turn turn around and deny it or Mm -hmm. just refuse to admit the problem that it could cause or it has caused. It's so important to be honest, authentic when you're on social media. And I think a lot of people have really used social media in the past year as a coping mechanism to release oh, absolutely. anger and hate. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And- well, it's, you're, you're hiding behind a screen. I mean, it's easy to do that from the old AOL chat room days to, you know, not having an identity, but just an image or whatnot. And um, it's just fake and it's not, gonna, it's not good energy for anything or anybody. And it just needs to, it needs to be discussed more and more to find guidelines of what that does but for the betterment of the community. Exactly. I remember when social media started and I was kind of in the tech world because I'm from Northern California originally. And so Silicon Valley to Silicon Beach and Santa Monica. And I thought this was going to be a great idea of tech to help the world in some ways. And also for, I mean, an entertainment industry. So the industry itself, but I could also see that it could, I mean, not to where it is now, I didn't fathom that, but I could see it was, could be a something else 
that we need to always keep an eye on too because of the vastness of it. Um, and Lord and behold, it's like Social Dilemma, that, that Netflix documentary. It really does take a toll on your psyche and your mental health. Everyone is affected by it, whether they like to think it or not. And it's something we have to be, again, responsible about for ourselves and for others. Exactly. And I think a lot of people forget that they don't have to follow somebody if they don't like what they post. You don't have to comment Mm -hmm. on something you don't agree with. Or if you do want to comment on something you don't agree with, you can do it with respect. You don't have to attack the person. You can explain why you disagree. It's okay Mm -hmm. to disagree. It's not okay to attack and devalue somebody. And I think we've lost that understanding. Absolutely. It's more than just social media these days, but yeah, it's definitely easier to do on on the World Wide Web. It is. And as someone living with anxiety, depression, eating disorders, I found social media to be so dangerous with that because Mm -hmm. people like to post only the good as well. And realizing that, acknowledging that people don't post what they're going through all the time and they don't have to. It's totally up to you what content you put out there. But recognizing that when you're scrolling and being mindful is so important. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've had talks with friends, especially in the industry, who they just want the image. They just want the look of how beautiful and great their lives are instead of being the human that they are and how relatable they are to others um, that can also help others, right? And again, to each their own. Yes, they, it is your page. You can do whatever you want with that in that sense. But what is going to actually benefit you and the universe <laughs> with good energy wise? Because what you put out there is going to come back to you, right? I really, really, truly believe that karmas or whatever you want to call it, but that energy is out there. And you really need to be aware of how you put things out there of yourself, of your energy itself. And, and know when, you, when it's time to just stop or to put some boundaries up too. Exactly. It's so important to put up boundaries. And mm-hmm. I think in 2020, a lot of people have started to put up boundaries and leave a lot of things in 2020 going into 2021. And I hope that that continues because for the first time we've seen people start to focus on their self-care and loving themselves. And I think right. It wasn't a normal conversation we were having before. Right. It was, it was always kind of sugar-coated, I felt, where or brushed aside and glazed. Um, and then if you did stand up for yourself in that way, you're a quote-unquote excuse me, bitch or you know, not taken seriously because you, you're, you're offensive or whatever. It's not true. You're giving, I mean, as I grow older, I used to be able to be friends with everybody because I love connecting with people. I love the industry for that reason. I love apps like this because I love connecting, but you don't need to connect with everybody. Sometimes it's best you don't. And that includes some friendships, some friendships or relationships, romantic or not come into your life for a reason to learn from, to grow from, and to also know what you may not want. (laughs) and that's okay that's okay um it doesn't mean you're a bad person it doesn't mean that you're less of anything it doesn't mean that if you feel bad about that it means that you care and you cared about that individual but they're not good for you and maybe you're not good for them and that's okay let it be let it go um and let yourself find the right people or the right energies by allowing that space to be open for them too that's how I've looked at it anyway Exactly. And I love that. And I think it takes a long time to learn that. I think a lot of us go so long trying to please everybody and trying to be that perfect 
person or image, especially for women, you have to finish this good girl image and Mm -hmm. make everybody happy and you can't at the expense of yourself. Right. And it takes a long time to realize that that's just a standard from society. That's not real. You don't have to be that person. And how are we supposed to know that if, if, you know, it was, it was everywhere. It was how we grew up, our, our parents, our mothers, our, you know, the TV that we watched as kids, everything. I mean, it's all connected. Um, it's really, you gotta, you gotta spend time with yourself to really find what works for you. And if people get that, they get that. And if they don't, they don't. And just being okay with yourself. I think the, the silver lining, and, I, and again, I don't, I don't like to say it in the sense that I'm glad this last year happened, obviously not because of the way it happened, but because there were some positive things that did come out of it for the people who took that time for themselves to really start reflecting or looking out what makes them happy and what doesn't make them happy and, and, and honoring themselves and their worth. Um, and having those boundaries come into focus. That's when people are like, oh, 2020 wasn't, wasn't super clear. I think it was because it made me see some really like important things that mattered in my life and that I needed to either get out of or put boundaries up or start on because it was time for me to really focus on me, myself and and my work and my content and whatever, you know? Exactly. And I love (laughs) that because there were so many pandemics within the pandemic and yes, not that. I remember saying that the other day. I love, I love that saying, cause that's so true. So true. I love it. And not that the pandemic, it was good that it happened, but it was good that the conversations from the pandemics with inside that have been mm-hmm. happening this whole time. These right. have all been issues that we just were ignoring and weren't talking about. Right. And during the pandemic, they just happened to get brought to light for the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing that they did because We've all had this time to sit with ourselves and to learn and to explore who we are and what we really believe. And to listen, I think (laughs) another key word, because in order to really stay still or stay in our houses or stay wherever we were, possibly we had to really focus on podcasts or, you know, new shows or conversations like this online apps. I mean, that's the benefit of everything is listening to others and really hearing them taking time to listen. Exactly. It's so important that we listen. And again, ask questions. It's so important to ask questions. I think a lot of people are afraid to reach out and ask questions when people are having conversations. They don't want to look stupid. They don't know if they can reach out and ask questions. I still get anxiety, honestly, when I've sung in front of thousands, I've performed in front of thousands. Doesn't bother me. Love it. Great. Telling the story, right? But getting even onto clubhouse the other day with that great panel we had I was like I just want to listen <laughs> I just want to listen mama because I was a little shaky of even talking because it's normal that's normal to do that we all have it no matter who what where we are and it's something that you just have to jump on the run because it's adrenaline that's good but it doesn't need to devocalize you like that used to be me when I was a kid I was very quiet all the time and reserved and And I didn't speak up. And my mom would always say, you have a voice. You have to, you know, have your own back. And I never understood that when I would be bullied at school or whatever. Now I, of course, get it where you need to use your voice, whatever that may be for you and what you're comfortable with. But it's it's good to be uncomfortable sometimes. It helps you further knowledge and understand things by opening yourself to things that are different and that you may not 
have like even right now I'm getting a little clumped. I'm like, ah, because you need to breathe. Sometimes we need breathing exercises too. And yeah. I don't know, it's just more relatable than people think. And it's so funny to me now, not as a funny ha-ha, but a funny, it's it's silly. It's silly. We all relate to each other in the same way sometimes. And it just needs to be talked about. Exactly. And I was the same way growing up. I was terrified to ever speak up and open my mouth and just have a voice. And a mm-hmm. lot of times when I did have a voice, I was silenced. Mm. Yep. Yep. And now my mission has become being a voice for those who lost theirs because I love it. I felt like I couldn't have a voice for so long. And now yeah. it's, it's so silly to think that I couldn't. And it's so silly that right. I get so afraid sometimes to speak up and I'm like, but I have a voice and you have the opportunity yeah. to ask questions, to support others, to be there. And it's okay to get anxious sometimes to be afraid, to be uncomfortable. That's where, that's how, you know, you're learning and you're growing. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can't grow if you don't step outside your comfort zone. Exactly. So well said. Important. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's always been, I mean, that's why I got into the arts in the first place. I was always a very creative kid, but I was raised an only child. I have a 14 year old, I mean, sorry, 14 year older sister um, who was in college by the time um, I was in like, you know, seventh grade. I mean, sorry, I was seven years old, so fourth grade, but it, I just was always quiet. And so my parents pushed me into like ice skating or Irish dancing at the time and then finding theater. And I found this love for expressing yourself, but also working on Um, I had speech issues with just some words and um, self-confidence. And so it doesn't, when kids get into the arts, it doesn't mean that they have to have a career down the line in the arts. It means that it can actually open them up and help them to learn to be themselves more, to have a voice, uh, self-confidence to support that voice and, and to see different things, you know? So I was grateful for that. I was, because I was living in Alaska at the time as a kid and that was a whole traumatic experience of a move, of a difference that I don't know what I would have done if I had not found theater in, in the arts um, because I really feel like that saved me going down a dark path at that point in time in my life. So yeah, you need to find what works for you. I love that you brought that up because art and expressing ourselves through any form of art can be so helpful, especially Mm -hmm. as kids, you don't know exactly what you're feeling all the time. Right. You don't know how to put it into words, but you can Mm -hmm. express yourself creative, creative, um, creatively. creatively. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I still have those moments. It's totally fine. My W's and R's are terrible. I do that too. (laughs) Yeah. See, exactly. So singing helped me with that, where I have to very much enunciate. <laughs> but yeah, totally. But expressing yourself creatively and having the opportunity to express yourself in a different way is so important because mm-hmm. you can't always put it into words. And I think no. as kids, that makes us kind of invalidate ourselves because we don't know how to express it. So if we can't express it, it must not be real. Right, right. I mean, I had a huge imagination to the point where I really, I really looked up to books like Little Women by Mary Louisa May Alcott and Joe March, who was a strong, independent woman who was going to write her book someday, or Anne Shirley of Anne Green Gables, um, because they, they were written 100 years plus before, but it was still the dynamics of a woman owning her voice some way, somehow, and using your imagination get, to get you there, right? Um, it's a, I mean, Einstein even said that, that imagination, man, is a powerful, powerful thing. 
And I, I think it's way more important uh, to all humans than we let on in this, especially in our society in the, in the US. It's, it's looked down upon almost with the arts because of liberalism and, and just people who don't, again, don't know what the differences are that are so scary to them and why it's scary to them to be different with the arts. It's a very interesting concept. My boyfriend's from Wyoming and it's a very hard place to grow up loving the arts, he always says, but um, he learned a lot from it too, which was great. So you have, you have both coins, sides of the coins when it comes to issues at hand. Um, you know, as a, as a kid, any age, especially now that with social media, I don't know. I didn't grow up with social media at a young age, so I don't know. I don't know what I'd be like, to be honest, with having gone through that. I don't think I would have survived that very well, honestly. And so I understand that there's an issue with social media with a lot of kids these days, too. And something that we really, really need to focus on and address uh, to understand better, to find how we can find the solutions for that. Because it's, yeah. it's terrible what it, it can do to the psyche of an adult, let alone a child. Exactly. And I grew up as social media was coming out. So I think I was in sixth or seventh grade when Twitter came out. Okay. Instagram came out shortly after. And there were problems right away with kids getting bullied. I remember getting blocked by half the school on Twitter over like, the end of a relationship. And I was like, Wow. It's so silly and it's yeah. so traumatizing for kids. Yeah. And yeah. it's gotten so much worse. And it's scary that we don't have classes in schools teaching kids how to be accountable. Right. No, media. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. It's so important. And they don't yeah, realize. Yeah, we, we had to teach. Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> they don't realize. <laughs> overlaps. They don't realize the long-term effects of words mm-hmm. that they put out there and their actions. Right, right. It's um, it's definitely a it. It needs to be a social studies class, if anything, to for people to understand how to how to use that better, especially when they're becoming adults into the world. Like it just that makes sense to me. Of course, if it's going to affect them in the real world, it should be taught in school about how it affects them now. <laughs> that's, that's the universe we live in. Um, so yeah, I, I it's really hard to find the solutions when the, the infra- infrastructure of this country is just so incompetent. I mean, it just doesn't make sense with any, it feels like we are back in, and I'm not even saying this because I didn't, I don't know, I didn't live during this time, but it feels like we're back way back in the fifties or something of that accord again, for many reasons when we're obviously not, we're in the 21st century and we really need to raise our standards and our morals and our laws up to date with what century we actually live in. Exactly. And something that's so frustrating is we know what some of the solutions are. We know right. that a lot of, of it course. starts with education in the school system. So the next mm-hmm. generation grows up with the tools that they need, whether it mm-hmm. comes to racism, mental health, feminism, so many different things that they're not teaching in schools. And if they right. did, and these conversations were normal part of life, mm-hmm it would never be a taboo and there would never be stigmas and there wouldn't be as much prejudice and judgment as there are now. Right. Right. And that is the key. So why is that the problem? Why do we have people blocking that per se to not allow us to do that when we can, we could be doing that. There's the solution right there. You just said it. So that's where our issues also stand on top of all the million other things we're addressing that we need to get people in those positions 
whatever your political standards are, it comes down to just human humanity at this point. Yeah. So that all humans have that opportunity. All citizens of this country have that opportunity. Um, it's really not that hard. It's really simple, like you said. Exactly. And I, that's why I have so much hope and faith for your future and your generation. And thank you again for creating what you're always creating because that is the step ahead. You know, that is one foot in front of the other to get you to that point. And for others that you may never even meet in your lifetime, which I think is phenomenal, right? So I always thought a couple of years ago, I thought, okay, we're kind of starting to feel like we're in the new modern 60s, <laughs> which I love the 60s. That's one of my favorite eras for so many reasons. But especially for the civil rights and human rights and women's rights act activism um, that I, I, I'm not going to say I stupidly thought because it's not stupid, but I ignorantly thought we had already passed by. I thought, oh, we got that. We did that until I think this last year, especially like you said, Crystal, you know, 2020 vision made us see that it's always been here all of these issues have always been here and it's time to really put, you know, our actions where our mouths talk. We need to really be doing that and not just saying we're going to do it or we believe in something. Um, so thank you for actually doing that and saying actions speak louder than words, which I always love that quote. I do too. It's so important that we don't just have conversations, but we also act when we can. Mm -hmm. If you right. can act in a way that's going to help and that's going to create a positive change do it there is nothing stopping you even yep. just helping one person or doing one small act can have a ripple effect it can help mm -hmm. people helping one person who then gets to help one more person who gets to help one more person it's, it's paid forward almost too in yeah. some ways yeah exactly it's it so important yeah and it's it's only going to benefit you too. I think also in, in serve you, I mean, in a good way for humanity wise, I don't be afraid of what others think. I think that's a big factor in so many different levels um, with mental health as well, of course, that a lot of people think so much about what others are going to think or how I should act, or I shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. Or should I post this? Or should I put, I mean, what, it just gets exhausting <laughs> of thinking that way. And who cares? I mean, yes, you want to care how, your loved ones sometimes think about you and for your well-being, but only if it is for your well-being and serves you for the positivity and happiness and success maybe in your life. But for the people who you don't know or, or you, you know, you may, not, may, not, may look down upon you that are family or friends, it's time to really reevaluate why we care so much about that when it's not, your, it's not their life that you have to worry about. It's yours. So what makes you happy? What do you want to do? And how is it going to benefit you for the future, not just in the past or right now? Exactly. We got to let, let that go. I could not have said that better because so often we hide who we are and we don't get to live our authentic lives and be genuine mm -hmm. because we're afraid of what others are going to think or say. Or we have tried and people talk down to us. It told us we can't do that. So then right. we don't. I remember right. when I first started my nonprofit, I was going to launch it two months before I did. And I got so much backlash and told no one was going to marry you. No one, you weren't going to get accepted into um, future grad programs. You're never going to get a job if you talk about mental health. And I was like, wow, terrified in the beginning. And then I was like, you know what? If someone doesn't want to marry me or 
let me have a job or into their program because I'm talking about mental health. Those probably aren't the people I want to be around. Those, exactly. People, Good for you. Yes. People who want change, who want to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid of what other people say because if they're not, if they're happy and satisfied living in a world that has so many imperfections that need to be addressed, mm-hmm. then that's their prerogative. But that doesn't mean right. you should sit here and not use your voice and your time to hopefully make a difference. Exactly. No, you have to find what you're passionate about, find that fire within, the authentic fire within, and and pursue that, whether it's your career, whether it's an opp- just be an opportunity to help people, whatever it may be, it's individually yours. Don't let anybody stop you for that. I mean, I've had my own experiences with that too. Everybody has. Uh, sometimes it's, it's women against women who are tearing each other down instead of, right, you know, we are stronger when we help each other and we become more powerful when we help each other. And I've never understood other than I know it has to do with sometimes mental health and also insecurities uh, when they tear each other down, when women tear each other down. Uh, We get that enough from the world. We don't need that with each other. I know it's gone on for centuries like that, but we need to stop that and take it out um, I always started saying the past couple of years, that's queen love. I call it out when I see it. Like when you support another woman, that's queen love. Or it could be anything you connect to. But for me, I say queen. We, you're a queen. I'm a queen. We're queening ourselves up to and understand each other because we're only going to get further into gender equality and women's rights and equality by doing that with each other. Um, I highly recommend watching on Hulu, Mrs. America, which talks about a lot of women's activists back in the 60s. It says a lot about things that still happen today within women's societies against each other. Um, and it's something that we just need to keep shining that light on to really understand that we need to get away from that mentality. Bringing someone else down in general does not help you rise up. It never does. Exactly. And I think it's so common to see the media specifically always put women against each other. So it's right. ingrained in our minds that we're constantly fighting each other. Yeah. The cat fights, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, there's a whole lot of going down the road on that, that it just, that needs to be, especially in, in, I feel in film and TV. And I mean, there's, there's comedy for reasons. And I get that to some degree, but it really doesn't serve anybody, especially when women are just pining at each other like that from the old days. It just doesn't need that at all. There's so much room for all of us to succeed if we all work together. And one person, unfortunately, mm-hmm. cannot change the world on their own. One no, of us it takes a village. Change anything, but together, all of our voices united can make a difference. Mm-hmm. That's something that I feel like we should know by now. We've seen over and over again in history that putting ourselves together and uniting and working together is where change happens. Right. So society tries to get us to tear each other down so that we don't unite and make right. exactly and move forward. Yep. Yeah, because the power of the people in any way of conducting that saying is when it's real, it's real. It, we are more powerful together when we actually get online and talk about these things or when we show up physically to the marches or the protests or whatnot, that whatever's calling to you and to help, if it's helping humanity as a large, as one, yes, more to the people. But um also not, not just being scared of fearing the unknown and again, not listening to people who bring you down about things. I mean, I was told I could never attend UCLA 
because I would be a transfer and they never accept transfers, especially um, theater and women. And I was like, well, I'm going to try anyway. What I'd rather see a no and get a no than have a what if life on the subject. Like, what if, what if I had, I don't want to live that way. That's not a way to live. So I did. And I got in, I ended up not going to that school because of my mom got sick with cancer and, and it was just a long story with that. But I got in because I tried. So you got to try. I never thought I would be in an Oscar winning film. I did. I tried. I auditioned. I got it. These things happen because you put the time and work and energy into something that you're passionate about. You will get to places you never thought you could get to. Don't let other people ever, ever tell you that you can't do something because you always can. It pisses me off. <laughs> when I, hear I know. <laughs> Sorry. It's all for love. It's all for love. But it's like, no, no one gets to tell you that ever, ever in your life. You get to dictate where you go in life. No one else. Exactly. I could not have said any of that. <laughs> so important because no matter what cause you choose to support, no matter who you are and what you want to do, so many people are going to tell you you can't. There's going to be so yeah. much backlash, so much obstacles, so much, so many people just oppressing you and telling you who you are and who you need to be. Mm -hmm. And you right. have to listen to them. And you also don't have to follow the crowd just because everyone's right. doing it doesn't mean that it's right. doesn't mean it's right for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And go after it. Well, it comes down to that self-care again and understanding yourself. And, and if you trust yourself, you really trust yourself. You feel that in your gut. You feel that from your, your angel, whatever you feel that, that it thing is. I, I've, I've, saved my life I think a couple times honestly because I've always listened to that gut instinct that little voice saying mm, that's not a good idea or mm, that's maybe let's go this way instead of that way you know um it's something to just always trust within yourself for you to make the right decisions and if you make a wrong decision not beating yourself up so much either because we all make mistakes mistakes are places and times and things that help us learn what to do differently maybe next time or how to do something different for a better situation next time. Um, I'm the worst critic to myself. I really am always have these blinders. Okay, what else do I need to do? I need to, I need to get into this. I need to do this. I'm not there yet, whatever. Instead of saying, well, what have I accomplished? Or what am I accomplishing right now? And being more present in the moment to see that we're all doing our best and that's all we can ask of ourselves. So don't, don't let the worst get the best of you in yourself in that sense. Exactly, 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 exactly. We tend to self-bully. Yes, thank you. That's perfectly put. <laughs> yeah. We do. And we tell ourselves all the things we haven't done yet and all the ways right. we need to improve. And we forget to celebrate ourselves on all the little wins. Like we would a friend. If a friend accomplished something that we accomplished, we would lift them up and support them and tell them how proud right. we are. But when it comes to ourselves, we just beat ourselves down for what else we should have been able to do or what else we still need mm -hmm. to do. I still have moments where, because of my just being raised in the area I was raised, don't brag about your accomplishments. You know, instead of saying, no, I'm proud that I did this and this and this. That's not me being entitled. That's not me saying I'm better than you or anyone, but I'm proud that I accomplished this and I'm honoring that fact in that moment and that energy. And I think we kind of need to get out of that headspace sometimes too, because we need to know 
the definition of what words we're using and really understand them, especially these days. I feel like texting and social media has really taken away the English language or language in general, where we don't understand the words and the definitions to really get across what we're talking about and being open to learning different ones, you know, like, or we're, we're using them wrong, being open to the suggestion, hey, this isn't what that means. Um, it, language, again, a form of communication is key for anything that we want to accomplish in life. And that's, that's something that's really dawned on me lately. Exactly. Communication is key. Engaging conversations listening, asking questions, all of it is so, so important. Whether yep. it's for mental health or anything in this world, please remember that. And thank you so much for joining me. I'm so, so happy you were here and you're just absolutely amazing and so insightful. Oh, thank you. You too. I have so much fun talking with you. So I, if there's anything I can ever help with or do, I really want to help. So please always reach out. Thank always. You so much. <laughs>